This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Kay Putnam. She is a psychology-driven brand strategist for entrepreneurs. Through work with over a hundred clients from Fortune 50s to entrepreneurs, she's developed the in-demand brand method. She's had some crazy success though with her famous opt-in. 55,000 people have taken her psychology quiz all about branding and y'all need to take it too. But Emily's first going to tell you what else you're going to learn in this episode. Yeah. This episode is super cool, mostly because we all three like nerd out pretty hardcore. So that's fun and should be exciting to listen to. But we talk about the psychology behind understanding your competition and establishing your brand presence. We uncover a couple of the most popular archetypes and the least popular ones, which surprise I scored the most on. So there's that. But it's really cool because Kay brings to the conversation a different way of looking at your brand and your messaging and what you're serving to your clients based off what you're best at and who you are as a human being, which is like the easiest and best thing to do, right? And then of course, we talk about her quiz. So the strategy behind how she set that up, how she's collecting the leads and what it's meant for her financially. So I think this is a good one to listen to just to uncover a little bit more about yourself and how you can use that to craft your brand messaging to your benefit. Hello, everybody. We are with Kay. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I am so geeked out and totally excited to be here. So thanks for having me. We are like seriously nerding. I'm super nerding out over here. So today we are talking about a whole bunch of cool stuff, which is like my jam. We're talking about psychology and competition and your brand archetypes and all of those amazing things. And I just took Kay's quiz that she has on her website that you all can take for free. We're definitely going to like tell you guys where to go so you can take this. It's a brand quiz to figure out some stuff about yourself. And I just took it really fast before this interview, which I think is a good thing because I really couldn't like think too much about the answers. Like it was my literal gut reaction. And so I would love to break down like A, we'll break down the results of my quiz like later on in the episode because I want you first to explain like what the quiz is about, what the purpose is it, and then talk to me about like the effects this amazing quiz in and of itself has had on your business and its growth. Yes, I am so excited. So to start with the story of how the quiz came to be, I got started online, gosh, I I keep saying three years ago, but it's probably four years ago now since I've been saying that for so long. Four years ago, and I started out by doing, I think, what a lot of people do. So I was looking to see what was successful in the market. I'm a researcher and a geek and a nerd at my heart, like at my core. So I was looking out and I was seeing what some of these really, really big name entrepreneurs were doing. And I wanted just a little bit of their success. I didn't even have to be as successful as all of them, but I wanted to see some similar results. So I went down the rabbit hole of reading a bajillion blog posts, going to a bajillion webinars, and built my brand around that. 
And I got really disheartened. Disheartened. It's totally not a word, but <laughs> disheartened. <laughs> when we, we make the, up new words all the time. It's fine. All the time. All the time. <laughs> but like, I didn't see the results that everybody else was seeing. Like, so I would follow the the strategy or the tactic to a T and I still wasn't seeing the results that those other people were seeing. And I couldn't figure it out for the longest time, even though I was taking like courses and doing all of this learning and experimenting. And then one day in this like weird internet rabbit hole of links, I'm sure you can relate. I've stumbled on this website about branding because I had like this inclination that it was my brand that was the issue. And it listed these 12 archetypes and it was like the jankiest looking website you can ever imagine. <laughs> it looked like it was from like 2004 or 2003 or even like back in the 90s GeoCity style. <laughs> and it listed these 12 archetypes. And as I was reading through each of the archetypes, I was like matching them up in my mind to each of these really successful entrepreneurs that I had been following. I was like, oh, she's the royal archetype. And then this guy over here, he's like a mix of jester and the sage archetype. And this one over here is a hero archetype. And it was like this totally cliche eureka moment light bulb that went off. And I realized in that moment, and it's a little bit embarrassing that it took this long to make this realization, but I realized that I needed to be more of myself instead of just trying to emulate what everybody else was doing and finding success with. So that's how entrepreneurs came into my world or archetypes came into my world. I literally just hopped off a Facebook live chatting with a community about being yourself in your brand and what that has done for us in our growth and in our like literal sales and in the growth of our community. So I love that we're continuing that conversation here. Yes. I have this conversation all the time. And then also embarrassingly, once I made that realization, I kind of had like this blank look on my face, like deer in the headlights. Cause I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm not but sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what being myself even yeah. means. Okay. And I had read that advice a few times. So yeah, I was I was like, okay, now like what do I stand for? So as I was reading yeah. the archetypes, I immediately wanted to know which one I was. So I went out looking for a quiz that would tell me what I was. I didn't I, I mean there was a few like older ones in the market at that time, but there wasn't anything that was super interactive and none of them, I mean, they were hard to take and then they didn't really give me a concrete answer. So then I created the quiz for myself. So really I created the quiz because I needed it myself. I wanted to know. Well, and I love how, so I just breezed through it and Abby was like, oh, I'm going to have to take it after you. And I'm excited for her to take it. And I, A, I want to make sure, like, I want to see if our results are even similar because what's unique about it is that it's asking questions in the perspective of how do you think your brand would answer this question? And since Abby and I are building the same brand, then ideally it would be the same results, right? Right. So I'm interested to see her results compared to mine. But I think that that's a really unique perspective that your quiz offers in the sense of like exactly the conversation I just wrapped up. But I, I really think people need to do the job when, you know, when you throw around the word, like be authentic and be yourself, like, okay, what does that actually mean? And how do you actually emulate that? Okay. But asking, how do you want your clients and your customers to feel when they work with you, when they buy from you, when they learn from you? And based off of that, that is then how you kind of determine how you position your business and your brand. Totally. And totally as an aside, if you hear any fireworks in the background, it's because I live okay. in Naples, Italy, and they have fireworks literally every night. I, I don't understand. I that noise. Okay. We'll, we'll do a little <laughs> thing at the beginning. To, I was like, is she like playing the drums whilst we're doing this interview? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like outside, like miles away, but it's literally every night. That's, so. Well, <laughs> Talk about dreamy. Cool. Like, cool. That's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally cool. And New Year's. Yeah, well, yeah, when you're recording podcasts with with people that you really look up to, and that's so I'm funny. excited about being on your guys's podcast. But yeah, like totally not related to business. But New Year's Eve is just wild because not only they do they do it every night, but when it's an actual holiday, it's just insane. It was like a 360 degree show last New Year's. I'm excited yeah. to see this year. Yeah, it's really cool. It only, it's a little extra when it comes to fireworks. Like, I feel exactly. like we're going to have to come visit. 
yes, yes. Let's, yes. let's do that. <laughs> I have a guest okay. room. We love guests. Please come visit. Sold. Sold. Yes. Done. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's back, get back to talking about yes. quiz. Yes. Yeah. So back to the business. I think the quiz is really powerful like you were saying, because it asks you things that are related, like deep in your psychology. Like, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. What do you want people to feel? And I think we get really stuck in the tactics and the top level stuff, especially like colors and logos and those types of things when we're talking about brands. But really, it has to come from those really deep held beliefs that you have and how you want that brand experience to make people feel. So that's what the quiz is digging at the heart of. And I think that's why it's so powerful because it gives people insight into that inner world that's operating within them that should be showing up in your brand. Yeah. So let's kind of decode my results a little bit. And then I'd love to shift to talking about the marketing strategy behind how you got, I don't know, just a just a small 55,000 people plus to take your <laughs> quiz. But we'll get to that in a second. Don't worry. So I just took the quiz, guys. And it's super fast. It's super simple. And every single time I take a quiz, because I'm obsessed, like I like tell me more about myself all the time. Like I want to learn all the things. Every single time I take a quiz, I tie with something like every single time when I took the Enneagram, I had like five numbers that I was like really, really high connected to. And it was ridiculous. I think that means you're all over the place. I I like, can you tell? (laughs) Like, was anyone surprised by that? So I want to talk about the fact that I got four archetypes and I tied my top two or 29% and then my bottom two or 21% tied. I, I don't understand that. But my top two were maverick and magician. So what does that mean? Yes, I love this. So <laughs> probably the reason why you're breaking all of the quiz algorithms is because you're a maverick and you like to just do things your own way and do it differently and fuck the status quo. So that's hilarious that you got that because less than 3% of the people that take my quiz get maverick. It's the least common. Yes. Yes. That's insane. Well, it makes sense because we have the least common personality type too. Yeah. We're both INFJs. So it just makes sense. You guys are just (laughs) unique people. And what is the what is the test? I know I'm forgetting it when you're the rebel or you're the obliger. Or yes, that's you know what I'm talking about. It's the this author wrote it. Uh huh. Yep. I'm, I don't think I've taken that one. I'm not it's familiar. A one. I obviously got the rebel. Like, if anyone is surprised by that, I was like way, way skewed on that side. That's one I didn't tie. But so, what else does this mean? And and like, kind of break down a little bit about Maverick and Magician and how, as an outsider who knows our business and who's followed us and can see it. What aspects of those types do you see that we're using really well in our business and to our advantage? Awesome questions. So like I mentioned, the maverick is the person who is going against the status quo. You're willing to speak out against pieces of your industry that aren't working. And you're the one that will say things that is on everybody else's minds, but they're a little bit nervous to say, right? So that <laughs> like candidness is very is a key aspect of the maverick. Magician is all about change and transformation. That's actually my primary archetype too. So I'm super, super intimately familiar with this one. It's all about taking somebody from a before place and giving them dramatic results and like essentially fast forwarding them to their future. So that obviously shows up in your guys' like courses and yeah. (laughs) You can't see me violently shaking my head yes at what you're saying, but I like – Yeah. Tell me more words. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite way to use archetypes in general is to use them as a filter. So like I mentioned before, I didn't immediately know which one I was by just looking at the list of the 12. Like I needed something that was objective to like narrow it down for me because we're multifaceted human beings, right? Like we, I'm a mom of two kids. I live in Naples, so I love to travel. I am a washed up high school athlete. Like there's all of these different aspects of my personality that I could have highlighted. And back when I was getting started online, I was highlighting. So like the opening piece of copy on my website three years ago was like, hey, bombshell, like this like super flowery 
yeah. now, what I now know is like lover archetype, which is so not my primary or oh, secondary no. at all. So it acts as this powerful filter that you can check yourself against. So whenever you're creating copy or if you're putting out like images or choosing design styles or even like naming your products and services, you can see if those themes are showing up, meaning you're portraying a consistent brand. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. So how have you seen other people like use it in real life? They've taken your quiz and then what do they go on to do with that information? Like, obviously you mentioned changing your copy and all these other things, but do you have any other specific examples of what people have gotten out of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I use this system. It's like at the core of all of my one-on-one work. So I do a lot of brand strategy and brand development for entrepreneurs. So we're always focusing in on a primary archetype. And then because we like to keep things interesting and nobody is that one-dimensional, we always choose a secondary archetype too, which adds some more flavor and dimension to the brand. So a lot of the emotional results that people get from from really embracing their archetypes is just this like sigh of relief. They're like, oh yeah, that's me. Like I can be that. It happens especially for like the innocent and the caregiver brands. They're like, oh, I, I thought that the way that I am was a like a negative or mm-hmm. or something that I needed to negotiate or like hide. But this is showing me that it's actually a really amazing strength and the world needs me. So yeah. I think that's really fun about, about embracing this tool. Um, and also, like I mentioned, just the filter. So the clarity, not needing to be everything to everyone and having something that's a bit of like an objective measure to measure yourself up again. So once you know what you are, you can dive into some of, I have a lot of other resources about what the archetypes stand for and what they mean and how they show up. So you can continue to use that as like a North star as you're making decisions for your brand. Well, it's awesome. We say all the time, it's easier to be yourself than to not be anyone else. And I feel like every single business owner has made this mistake where it either lasts them years or just a hot second where they try to like mimic what other successful people are doing to the point where they're not being their true selves and they find it harder to succeed and they find it harder to grow. And just like that epiphany you had of like, holy crap, if I actually just be myself, like all of this is going to get a little bit easier. And so I think it's really reassuring, especially when you're either, I know you said it for the innocent type, but like, if you always feel like a little like myself, like a little too passionate or a little too extra for some people, if you're just clarify that that's just who you are innately as a human being, as a person. So it's just going to be easier for you to continue to be that person. So then work to attract people that love those type of personalities instead of fighting against it. Exactly. Exactly. There's an exercise that I do with some of my clients related to this that is kind of related. So it's a good place to jump it in here. I like to do a like story reversal exercise. So we all have those things that we think we're too much of or we're not enough of. Mm -hmm. So one example I really love for one of my clients is she was really self-conscious that she was the only female videographer in her local market. Like I'm too feminine, I'm too emotional. And we did this flip the story exercise where she had to list out all of the reasons why that was a really powerful selling point for her. And it was transformational for her to come to that realization that, oh yeah, the unique way that I am, Mm -hmm. I mean, as simple as just being a woman in a male-dominated field or whatever your too much is, like whatever your own hang-up is, whatever that is, it's so powerful to actually lean into that and not only like not hide it, but, but like double down on it, figure out how you can be 10 times more of that thing because it is what really makes you special. Everyone's always saying like, find your unique aspect and that's what's going to make you different. That's what's going to make you stand out. But you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But like what's unique about myself and what I offer and how I can do things. So I think taking something like this and spending the time to really dive into, okay, if this is my main type or these are my two main types, what does that mean? And how like tangibly does that look when I'm integrating it into my business or my brand or my voice or whatever it may be. Exactly. Sorry to jump in here, but the cool thing about archetypes is some of the biggest brands in the world use it. So Coca-Cola has a very distinct archetype. Harley Davidson has a very distinct archetype. So does Nike. And the cool thing is instead of taking inspiration from all of those people, you can now identify 
businesses that have one of the two archetypes that you have. Mm. And then you get much better and more impactful inspiration, even when you're looking at those like billion dollar brands, because they're spending all the money to do all the research Mm -hmm. and all the creative development. And you can get some really, really amazing on brand inspiration now, instead of just taking it from anybody. So how can you find like, is there a master list of like, (laughs) this brand is this archetype? Like, have you, have you, have you, created it because I want to download it like today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I have a lot of free resources on my site and then I have courses for each of the archetypes for that reason because I was having trouble finding information myself, even as somebody who's like intensely interested in archetypes. There's also a book that you can read. It's called The Hero and the Outlaw by Carol S. Pearson that got me like a good strong foundation on all of the archetypes. But if you just want like a quick hit guide, I have all 12 on my site and they all have their own infographics that have, I think at least six or seven examples of each archetype on that infographic. So cool. Being easy peasy (laughs) to access. Well, I want to kind of jump backwards and instead of focusing too much on what these things mean, I want to jump over to how it's helped you build your business because any opt-in that has 55,000 people do it is like an anomaly in and of itself. So how did you get the traction? How did you build the traffic? Where are they coming from? And if someone were trying to recreate your success, what what should they be working on? Let me share all of my secrets. Yes. <laughs> so one caveat that I will say, and I know it's frustrating to hear, but I just want to say it anyway because I, I want to acknowledge that it's probably part of the success, is that I launched the quiz three years ago. So it was before a lot of the quizzes in the market. And I think that may have one aspect to it, but I'll tell you the things that you can control. So one of the smartest things that I did when I started my quiz is, and this might be unique to me, but I think that that the, your listeners are smart and they'll find a way to apply it to their own quiz or their own opt-in. But like I mentioned, when I was reading those 12 archetypes, I could immediately see all these big entrepreneurs that fit each of them. So in that infographic that I created for each of the archetypes, which shows up as the result when you get done with the quiz, if you like click through for more information... I included some of those big name entrepreneurs in my industry that were like amazing examples of each of the types. And then I emailed it to them. And a lot of them thought it was really cool and got me probably my first, you know, like one or 2000 people that took the quiz. It was just like a nice jolt of activity right away from the front was to find a way to involve influencers in an authentic way, like in an interesting way, not just asking them to share some random thing but then letting them know that they had been included. So that was one piece. And honestly, so since it's been three years, it's so fun looking back at some of like the old content that I wrote about the quiz because it's like, oh, I'm so excited. 4,000 people have taken my quiz. (laughs) Amazing. 6,000 people have taken my quiz. And now when I look, it's like 60,000 people, which is completely mind boggling. So Of those 60,000 people, I think the reason why a lot of people take it is, for one, if you're creating a quiz, you want to make sure that the results are super complimentary. So I don't know if you had this experience when you took the Enneagram, but when I took the Enneagram quiz, it felt like it was (laughs) like pointing out all of my flaws. (laughs) So (laughs) as soon as I took it, I was like, well, I'm not sharing this. This this quiz is stupid. This quiz is stupid. It doesn't get me at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when I take a quiz that tells me what Disney princess I am, I get more a lot more excited <laughs> to, to share it because I love Disney. What strength are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so find a way, even if you're helping pinpoint somebody's like problem or pain point, spin it in a positive way if getting shares and organic shares is part of your strategy. Because if not, people just won't share it. And also be mindful of the the quiz topic, it's really helpful to create a quiz that tells the person more about themselves as opposed to you just trying to tell them something about your product or service. Like if I were to create a quiz that's like, I don't know, what website platform should you be on? It would probably get taken because it would be useful, but it's not telling them anything that's very interesting about themselves. So it's not quite as engaging. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Speaking of, I'm looking at the infographics here. 
And these two brands, it's just funny. So a Maverick brand, Urban Outfitters, Audi, and a magician brand, TED Talks. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's a strange combination, but I like it. Their magician brand. So Anne-Marie Frolio. So, she has a bit of jester in her too, but yeah, she's- I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also like Tesla Cars That's is so a, funny. a great yeah. magician brand. Always Tesla. pushing the possibilities. Yes. I love it. No, I think it's super, it's super inspiring. And I, I think that when learning about yourself and like truly diving into this, but not just to learn about yourself, but into, in ways of what you can integrate into your business, it also teaches you what you could offer your people, like actual products that you could offer your people. How do I best serve them? What do they come to me for? And where is my zone of genius? And like, it might help you even Mm -hmm. structure. Okay. So say you want to offer like Maybe it's a some sort of coaching program or course or something like that. And you've toyed around, do I want to do a virtual summit with other people? Do I want to do it in person? Do I need to do video? Do I need to do opt-ins? We'll figure out more about how you convert best and like where you are in your zone of genius. And it can really help you structure down with what the heck to actually offer your people. Yep. Yeah, totally. The cool thing about quizzes too is you learn so much about your audience. And I think yes. this is along the same lines of what you're just saying. But even on the tech side of things, I'm able to link up each of those different 12 outcomes to different automations, which is like mind blown. The geeky side of me is just like, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> so I have a like an automation sequence after the quiz that gives a lot of more free resources, but then it also at the end offers the course that's related to that specific archetype. Mm -hmm. So it's really powerful instead of saying, hey, just go get your archetype and choose which one of the 12 that you are. Like I can tailor that sales message and that experience, that brand experience for exactly what I have learned about that person. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Talk to me about other effects. So you've gotten 60K people to sign up for it. How has that impacted the sales of your course, the clients that you work with, and like literal financial dollars for something so amazing, but it's free? What are the effects of that financially? Yeah. And to be clear, so one, and I was going to actually mention this in the strategy because I think that for me, it's been a game changer. It's 60,000 people that have taken the quiz. The email opt-in at the end is optional. So I've converted, as of right now, I think the number is 64% of people wow. with this like latest quiz platform of people who start the quiz convert to a lead, but it's not every one of those 60,000 people. Sure. In terms of list growth over the last three years, of course, there's been churn. So people have joined the list and, and left the list right. after time. But yeah, it's been it's been upwards. And I actually don't know the exact number because of that churn. And I haven't I haven't looked it up and crunched the numbers, but I would guess it's been about 2025 20, up to 30,000 people who have joined the list at, at some point, which is That's crazy. Insane. It's amazing. Yeah, from one one opt-in. And so is that, have you kind of pivoted? Well, I, I don't know what your business looked like before. Is this the only opt-in that you offer on your site? Or are there other ways for people to like get on your list? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitating because I don't know if I should admit this, but like part of me doesn't want to be known for just archetypes. Sure. Like it's such a specific niche thing that I've for a long time, I've been adding more and more stuff to try to duplicate the success of this mm-hmm. this one quiz, you know, through PDFs and workbooks and and different things that are related to branding that encompass more of my total methodology instead of this just this one piece. But far and away, this has been the most popular out of everything. Like everything else has probably been five or ten percent of my lead generation where the quiz has been driving 90 percent so in this last year I finally kind of gave in to that <laughs> that that notion and I've started spending more like ads sending people mm-hmm. to the quiz in this last year is when I finally created the archetype specific courses instead of just my like general branding one oh, yeah. so yeah what it took me a long time to like kind of just obey the quiz, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I am now, so I you know have worked on developing the resources a lot more. Well, I think it's so funny. And spend more time yeah. promoting. When you it. find something that like kind of decides the shift of your business for you, like we had the same thing happen to yeah. us when we created a program, trelloforbusiness.com, by the way. <clears throat> Soft plug on our own podcast. It's fine, right? And it's funny how the sudden it was like. We, then we started getting questions geared more towards around like productivity and setting goals and organizing your day. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just made this really cool thing over here. Like, I didn't want to live my life in yep. that zone forever. <laughs> yes. No, my life is a hot mess outside of Trello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like the kid who was like, Mom, can I reorganize the bathroom? And I would take like literally everything out of all the drawers and all the closets and like go through it one That's by amazing. one. That's amazing. So. That's amazing. You can come over I'm- to my house whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I get it. Like sometimes we have to embrace this part of ourselves that like other people find mm-hmm. to be the most valuable and we don't necessarily we're like but i really wanted to do this with my life but i think once you embrace what other people are loving you for you can really dive into it and see more success because of it and i think you know you've made some really smart moves like sure you 
anyone who had that much success would be stupid not to recreate it in some other way to see if they could get the same volume or the same kind of results. So I don't blame you for trying, Mm -hmm. but to embrace it and go back and say, you know, if I can tailor my branding course to these specific people, I'm more likely to buy. So how has that affected you financially? Are your conversion rates a lot higher because the person knows that it's tailored towards them? That's an amazing question. And you were asking about dollars and cents. So let me be as specific as hopefully would be helpful. So through the quiz, like I said, over the year, well, hang on. Do you mind if I crunch some numbers while I talk? Do some math. Totally. Yes, I need to do some math. We're we're all about it. (laughs) So like I mentioned, the course that is directly related to this quiz just came out this year. So this year I've seen – I won't be able to get to it quick enough. But I've seen, let's see, probably 20,000 of those 30,000 leads in like this last calendar year, which is, again, crazy pants and totally grateful. So of those 20,000 people, I've sold like for an evergreen course, its revenue is up to 25K over the year. And it's a $300 course, so it's not Mm -hmm. super super high. And I don't know what the percentage of that is, but to me, that makes me really happy because it's not even my main bread and butter, which is incredible. Because I think whenever you're creating something that's really specific, Uh especially if it's perceived to be specific to the client, it is going to sell a lot better. Yeah. No, you've taken the definition of niche down and like did it 12 times. (laughs) I will say I have I have one piece of advice surrounding that. If you're doing a quiz, do not have 12 outcomes. It is the worst <laughs> idea ever. Because <laughs> it means if it, like it gets three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of my clients, all my brand clients that want a quiz, that that's my requirement. I'm like, we're only doing three outcomes because it means yep. 12 landing pages, 12 sets of graphics, 12 courses that I created uh-huh. last yeah, January. Courses. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, it, no, it was we, a lot. <laughs> we created a quiz earlier this year and have not seen the same results that you have, but we only had three results. And even that, I was like, if I have to make one more <laughs> email funnel after this result, I swear. Yes. Although I will say after hearing her success, I'm like, can we go back and tweak that? And we made it, it to be more BuzzFeed type. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what what's your productivity anim- spirit animal? <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, and so <laughs> our mascot's a llama. It didn't, it didn't convert us. No, well. it's an alpaca. It's an alpaca, first of all. So it's definitely more BuzzFeed level and not not at all psychology-based as yours is. Well, I mean, it has some psychology sure, principles sure. that we based it on, but I don't know. I think people expect us to be slightly more serious. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and you do want to find a mix of entertaining and educational because if it's one or the other, it's not going to take off. It really has to have both elements. Yeah. I think for us, like, I do think it would be worth revisiting. I think when you go along the, our idea was, okay, if we make it BuzzFeed sexy, like we'll get more people in it. And like, it'll get more interest. But then after the fact, it doesn't matter if you have a crap ton of people sign up for it because it's sexy. If they're not like people who want to actually learn more from you or I don't know, buy from you, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, walking that fine line. Yes. Yes. Finding finding (laughs) your unique blend of being useful and then just being a real human being. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to kind of change courses a little bit and talk about your experience working one-on-one with clients, because like, they're not just like your typical clients, like you've worked with Fortune 50 clients and high-level entrepreneurs. So talk to us about what is that experience like and and what have you been able to learn from working with these powerful, yeah, is what she's asking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, evil app. They're exactly the same as us. 
That's the big secret. So it's been a while since I've worked with Fortune 50s. And that's both by just virtue of what my brand is now. And then also with who I want to work with. Because when you're working with big organizations, I've worked with like a national nonprofit out of Canada before as well, through the agency that I used to work with. Everything moves so much slower. Like it just, there's so many different people who have their hands in the pot and that are making decisions and approving things and having opinions on things. I find it really difficult personally to work with a large team. I haven't mastered that, if I'm being frank. I really, really love- (laughs) Neither have we. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's hard. I really love working with like the CEO, like the person who's driving the business, who's passionate about the business, who isn't doing it because it's a job. They're doing it because it's their baby. Like they started it and they love it and they're not afraid to make decisions based on what they believe as opposed to some market survey that they think is going to answer all their problems. So big name influencer entrepreneurs that I've worked with. I mean, everything, I feel like everything works the same as when you're at a smaller level. Yeah. But it just scales up. So you have you, you're doing more. So you need team members to to do mm-hmm. more. You need more leads to fill all of those big product launches and everything that you're uh-huh. doing. So you're spending more on ads and you have more affiliate partners. And the one thing that I've learned, and this might sound a little bit cliche, but the one thing I've learned working with people who are farther along than I am is that I'm okay to honor my process in like the place oh, yes. where I am right now because I mean, they have the same problems. They have the same insecurities, if I'm being honest. Like they still question their brand and they question if they're showing up correctly or if they're being consistent enough and all of those things. And you can decide to be at that level if you think that you're ready by just upping the stakes a bit more. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned as our own business has grown and, you know, the the shift from like, oh, where is my next client going to come from this month? We're making zero dollars and then we finally make a little bit and like those type of stressors and make sure you grow Instagram and make sure you have content like those aren't our stressors anymore because they're just happening. They're either because we have so much content it's on repeat or we have team members that step in. But that means it's replaced with something else. Like it's a new strategy. It's a new concept. It's it's not necessarily the same amount of stress or the same type of stress, but it's still that same like, okay, what's next? Okay, is this system over here working? Are we growing? What are we assessing and making changes? It's just on a different level. We're just spending more money to get different results, basically. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm super interested I- and I'm... Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No, go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, I'm super excited to go back and listen to some of your guys' podcasts where you talk about the transition from client work. Because I think that, Mm -hmm. I think that I love, love, like ride or die, love my clients. But I think for most service-based entrepreneurs, the goal is to work with less people, but just do better work. Right. I think that is fair to say for almost everybody. So I'm on that trajectory. And what's really cool about building your brand is that you get to charge more. Like you, you command a higher price by building a brand because it's Mm -hmm. an asset that adds value on top of whatever your product or service is. So yeah, I'm excited that I'm moving in that direction. And it's funny because when, you know, we were in the same boat of, okay, I want to work with less people make more money. Well, so we're in the same boat where we don't work one-on-one anymore. So we might work with literally more students, but we want to launch it less, but make more money. And so it's funny just how like, it's the same thing. It's the same concept, just with a different product or a different motivation behind it. So we're always, every single business owner, no matter what level they're at, is trying to uncover that, okay, I got here. Now, can I continue to make more money, but work less (laughs) and like less stress and less hustle and systemizing and optimizing everything? Yes. Yes, exactly. I think one of the things that really helped me was stop putting people on pedestals. I think for so long, especially when I first started in the online business world, I would look at other entrepreneurs and like, they basically got God status like (laughs) in my life. And like, I would praise at their feet and like, hope that 
they would notice me someday. And then I think when I finally realized that they're human too, and they have families too, and they have hardships and struggles like we do that, you know, like, let's all be friends. And all of a sudden, like, it doesn't seem weird to like take a tactic that you've seen another entrepreneur do and like put your own spin on it before it was like, oh, well, only only if you're making this much mm-hmm. money can you try this approach to life or business. And I think that was so helpful for me. Talk to me real quick before we go into talk strategy about some things you wish you had done differently in your client-based business. Ooh, that's an awesome question. Catch 22, but I think I should. So the first whole first year that I had my client-based business, I wasn't sustainable. So I was charging, I think it was like $700 for a VIP day. And my <laughs> like entrepreneur or my employee mindset was like, oh, wow, if I booked one of these a week, I would match like my little salary yeah. that I used to make in right. my job. So I'm like, this is amazing. And then at the end of the year, tax time came mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't make mm-hmm. any money here. <laughs> Everything that came in. <laughs> so, a, I mean, keep track of your taxes on or, like your profit and revenue on more yeah. than a once a year basis for one. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, don't be afraid to value what you're worth. And I think a lot of yes. it comes from the confidence of knowing what you stand for, who you are, like how you serve. And then also just paying attention to things like if your client didn't hire you, like, what's that opportunity cost? And that gives mm-hmm. you a better indication of what your product or service is worth versus some random hourly rate that you assign for yourself. Yes. Again, I mean, I was just trying to be so many different things to so many different mm-hmm. people because I thought it would make me like more likable or something convoluted like that. <laughs> and the more or the less that I pay attention to what other people think of my brand, the more successful yep. it becomes, which is a thousand percent. Oh my God. Like the second we, A, stopped following a bunch of people on Instagram because I was like, I cannot see what similar type businesses are doing because it just like, it it kills my vibe instead of feeds it. And I, you have to recognize those things. But when we also hired a VA to go through our inbox for us and she was the first eyeballs on a lot of stuff before we got to it. And that meant she was the first eyeballs on hate mail or like, like people just Mm -hmm. being rude. And so like, we hardly, hardly ever see that stuff anymore. Like it's very rare that we catch it before she like knows what to do with it. And so if you just like, you know that that stuff is going to exist, but if you just remove yourself from the opportunity of even seeing that shit, like, cause it doesn't, it's not helpful. If she wants to, if we've told our VA, like if you feel like there's actual like critique in there that we could make a difference and like actually have good feedback. Can you like put that somewhere else? (laughs) Like tell us in a different way. And make it nice. And then. (laughs) I don't want to hear it because it's not going to be helpful. Yes. Yes. I think it's such an important thing, especially as you're building a brand or being a service provider that you're a leader. And I think being a leader means that you have to be visible and you have to be creating things. Anything that stops you or puts you in a tailspin or makes you start self-sabotaging when you're creating things, you should start cutting that out of your life. I had the same realization with Instagram. I have this like love-hate relationship with it because – Everything is so beautiful there, but it kind of makes me unhappy and a little bit like comparisonitis type of thing. So I've stopped – like I even deleted it from my phone, the heresy, (laughs) because I didn't – it was stopping me from creating. So yeah, Yeah. just identifying those things that stop you. I took like a six-month break from Instagram and it was the best thing I ever did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear like going back to the brand archetypes, like, okay, once someone's taking the quiz and they're trying to learn about themselves, what are the steps like that you think that they should do in order on like trying to start to implement those lessons into their brand for success? Awesome question. So step one, take the quiz, figure out what your primary archetype is and what your secondary archetype is. And quick piece of advice around that. You may find that you tie for top top two. I've even had people tie for all f- like their top four. Yeah. Super unusual, but it's happened at least once or twice. Use your gut as you're reading through the descriptions of each of the 12. There's links on the page to like dive in deeper with each of them. And 
the key thing to do is to decide mm-hmm. what you're going to use as your North Star. Yeah. There's going to be one or two and probably more that you really resonate. So just figure out which ones those are so that you can use them as a tool. Yeah. Once you've decided that, start going through your brand piece by piece. The cool thing about archetypes is they're not just a design style and they're not just a personality piece. They apply to like your beliefs. They apply to the word choices that you make. They apply to the stories that you tell. So figure out whatever your most valuable asset is for your brand. If that's your welcome email or if that's the homepage of your website, Break it down piece by piece. Don't try to do it all at once. And just compare now that you have the framework or the filter or the your eyes open to this idea of archetypes. If you want your brand to be more consistent and to be more compelling, then look at that most valuable piece of brand real estate and see if some of those themes are showing up. So like, mm-hmm. are you talking about how to buck the status quo or how to change your life dramatically right. if you're the maverick and the magician or whatever your two are? From there, honestly, I mean, it's a tool. Something I really love to do, this is kind of beyond the archetypes, but it builds from it. So if you are in that place where you're trying to figure out like, gosh, like, how do I be myself? Like, how do I show up as myself in a clear and interesting way? I love to do the exercise, the reverse the story exercise that I talked about earlier. But another one I really love is the I believe exercise. So on a piece of paper, you literally write out one through 25 and force yourself mm-hmm. to write down opinion statements mm-hmm. that start with I believe. And bonus points if you write things that not everybody is going to agree yeah. with. So you don't want to just say, I want to be happy. Right. You want to really explore like people should be happy at like what cost or what should they do to be happy or what, what shouldn't they do to be happy. And those belief statements can start to fuel all of your brand visibility through like your emails or your social media posts. And it gives you interesting things to talk about that other humans are going to find interesting. Yes. I love so those. Those are those are my best three tips. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have Abby take the quiz and I'm going to send both of all of the results to our copywriter. She's helping us like spruce up some sales page stuff because I think this would be awesome. perfect to like pull out some key phrases of what we believe our brand should feel like. And so like literally word the sentences like that. There's no reason why we're not. Yes. <laughs> And so related to your girl, like the results that you guys get, yeah. definitely check out the creator archetype yes. in addition to whatever you guys get because that, I mean, it's right in your name. So right, right. see if that one resonates. <laughs> <laughs> and then you may also want to check out, and this one may or may not be true for you. It's not like a given, but because you have collective as part of your name, check out the girl next door archetype to see if that one, yeah. it's a very, a very community-based mm-hmm. archetype. So that one may resonate as that well. That was my third one. So that's yes. interesting. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. How about you tell everyone yes. where they can hang out with you online and how and where they should go to take this quiz right now? Right now. Right now. <laughs> I'm at com. The quiz is literally the first thing that you see. It's yes. the, the yellow button that's in the middle of my homepage. So <laughs> go there, take the quiz. Yeah. We'll Enjoy. pop up those links in the show notes so you guys know where to go and probably in the group too because I want everyone to take it and share with me all of their results. <laughs> oh, I have one more idea and yeah. it's related to where you can find me. On Pinterest, I've curated boards for each of the archetype archetypes. Mm. So yeah, it's really fun, especially if you're a visual person, which I think that you girls kind of are. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) To like see like the, the whole like mood and feel of each of the archetypes. So yeah, check, check me out on Pinterest as well. I love that. And I'm Kay Putnam there as well. Thank you so much, Kay. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.